It's Monday, November the 30th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by Raytheon Technologies. Coming up, Joe Biden unveils communications team and Ethiopia's army ceases Tigray operation. First, the world in brief. President-elect Joe Biden unveiled the latest picks for his White House staff. Kate Bedingfield will lead an all-female, all-former Obama administration communications team. He may reveal his preferred economics advisors later today to serve under Janet Yellen, his likely Treasury Secretary. Meanwhile, an increasingly desperate President Donald Trump took to the airways to suggest that the FBI and his own Department of Justice might somehow be involved in rigging the presidential election against him. Another attempt to disenfranchise millions of legitimate voters was dismissed in Pennsylvania's Supreme Court over the weekend. Thousands of farmers continued their road-blocking protests in northern India against a trio of new laws. They worry these will end the guaranteed rate the government pays them for crops and send prices plummeting. But economists widely welcome them as examples of the reform the farming sector needs. The farmers have refused government requests for talks and threatened further blockades. Ethiopia announced the ending of military operations in Tigray. The Prime Minister, Abe Ahmed, said federal troops had taken control of Mekale, the regional capital. But Debrechen Gebra Michael, the leader of the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, which ran the rebellious territory, told Reuters his forces will fight on. The conflict was sparked by a disputed regional election after months of tension. Boko Haram jihadists were blamed for the killing of at least 43 farm workers in the northeastern Nigerian state of Borno. Farmers are increasingly at risk because Boko Haram have accused them of supporting local militia groups. 22 were killed in recent attacks. Boko Haram has terrorised the northeast for years, displacing some 2 million people. Moderate and centre-right parties were the big winners in municipal elections in Brazil in a setback for the populist president Jair Bolsonaro, two years before federal elections. In Rio de Janeiro, the incumbent mayor, Marcelo Crivella, a Bolsonaro ally, was thrashed by Eduardo Pais, a centrist. The leftist Workers' Party of former President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva also fared poorly, failing to win a single big city. Britain and France signed a deal aimed at reducing the number of migrants crossing the English Channel. There will be an increase in the use of technology such as drones and radar, and a doubling in the number of policemen patrolling France's beaches. British Border Force officials have taken around 8,000 migrants in small boats into care this year. And according to new reports, postponing the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo by one year could cost 200 billion yen, $1.9 billion, in refunds, cancellation charges and ongoing salaries. The organising committee will meet the metropolitan and central governments in December to work out how the costs will be met. The Games, now due to start next July, were already expected to cost 1.35 trillion yen. And now, here's today's agenda. Radioactive matter. Joe Biden's nuclear intray. At his new daily intelligence briefings, Joe Biden will no doubt pay special attention to nuclear matters that are filling his intray for January 20th, when he becomes president. Two days later, a new treaty on the prohibition of nuclear weapons signed by 84 countries will come into force. It will irritate established nuclear powers, but does not compel them to give up their weapons. Mr Biden will be alert to signs that North Korea is renewing missile tests or that Iran is getting closer to making a bomb, thus making it harder for America to rejoin a beefed-up nuclear agreement. The killing of Iran's top nuclear scientist on Friday has added another complication. And then there is Russia. 
New START, the last remaining nuclear arms control treaty between America and its rival, will expire on February 5th unless their presidents extend it. The Trump administration tried but failed to pull off a pre-election deal. The nuclear clock is ticking. Losing count. Donald Trump's census scheme. Today, President Donald Trump has a Supreme Court showdown regarding one of his immigration policies. Trump v. New York looks at the president's plan to exclude undocumented immigrants from the population base that sets the number of seats each state gets in the House of Representatives. Mr. Trump cites a case from 1992 that affords presidents wide discretion in congressional apportionment and says he is the ultimate decision maker. The challengers, immigrant rights organizations and states led by New York, contend that his move breaks with more than 200 years of history and violates both federal law and the Constitution. The case may rest on whether the plaintiff's right to sue expired when the census count ended in mid-October. They say they stand to lose House seats and federal funding, but those harms may be adjudged too speculative. If Mr. Trump prevails, congressional representation for California and other states with large immigrant populations could shrink until the next lawsuit. The Back to Normal Trade The Dow at 30,000 Buy the rumour, sell the fact, goes the old stock market saw. Since the spring, investors have been buying shares in hope of a vaccine. When that hope became a reality though, they just kept buying. The spring-summer rally was driven by winners from the stay-at-home economy, hence the surge in the tech-heavy Nasdaq index. Latterly, investors have been keen on companies that might benefit from things getting back to normal. Last week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which contains oil and retail firms as well as tech ones, passed the 30,000 mark for the first time. Can the rally last? A concern is that COVID-19 remains unvanquished, but stock prices are supported by a lack of good alternatives. Government bonds yield next to nothing, or less than nothing in Europe. Investors are counting on a big rebound in the world economy next year. Any latent anxieties about public debt, inflation or excessive exuberance are for another day. Back in the black. Turkey's economy. Some good news may be in store for Turkey's economy later today, when the country releases GDP growth figures for the third quarter. According to economists polled by Reuters, output is expected to have grown by a respectable 4.8% in the three months to September, after contracting by 9.9% in the previous quarter. But Turkey is hardly out of the woods. A dramatic 475 basis point rise in interest rates on November 19th, preceded by the sacking of the central bank governor and the resignation of an unpopular finance minister, has supported the country's sagging currency, but will slow down growth. Turkey may also have to impose new lockdowns following a big surge in COVID-19 cases. According to the health ministry, the country registered more than 30,000 new infections and 182 deaths on November 28th, both records. Experts and doctors warn that actual mortality figures may be much higher. Lighting up. Legal weed spreads across America. After voting earlier this month in favour of legalising recreational marijuana for those over 21, Arizonans may from today possess up to 1 ounce, 28 grams, and grow a limited number of plants. Legal recreational weed has spread far beyond its original homes of left-leaning Colorado and deep blue Washington, where it has been lawful for eight years. Arizona was one of four states this year where residents voted to regulate and tax it. 
That makes 15 states, containing more than 100 million Americans, nearly a third of the country's population, where recreational pot is now or will soon be lawful. They include places as conservative as South Dakota, where 54% voted in favour of a recreational weed ballot measure this year, even as 62% backed President Donald Trump, whose administration generally opposes legalisation. Even Oklahoma, which Mr Trump won by 33 percentage points, has earned the nickname Toklahoma on the strength of its two-year-old medical marijuana market. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jonathan Swift, who was born on this day in 1667. Every man desires to live long, but no man wishes to be old. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 